This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 17th. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Well, many thanks to Greg Majewski for last week's conversation. What a depth of experience he possesses across his career and level of expertise in franchising and restaurant C-suites. Like last week's conversation with Greg talking about how Jimmy John took a chance on a young college student just entering the workforce. This week's interview is with an amazing rising star of franchising, Tony Zaccario, president and CEO of Stretch Zone. I mean, how many 28-year-old CEOs do you know in the franchise world who began a career with their brand as a 22-year-old general manager, then 15 months later were elevated again to vice president of operations and wait it gets better. Barely two years and three months after that amazing leap, Tony Zaccario moved into the C-suite as president and CEO of Stretch Zone. And in less than three years, this amazing executive has opened more than 200 locations, closed none, and is tracking toward 300 in the next blink of an eye. Now, this is not the kind of growth that is usually prescribed as sustainable, but this young man has his eyes on the right ball. As you'll hear, here in our conversation today and has absolutely no interest in growth of any kind that is not sustainable. And with the likes of NFL and franchising veteran Drew Brees on his board, also investing in the brand as a multi-unit owner, this brand is not selling franchises, no. Instead, they're awarding them. They're awarding additional territories to highly successful existing franchisees who are lining up and coming back for more. Tony Zaccario joins us in two minutes or less, right after this quick time. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, franchisors of restaurants, bars, grills, and taverns, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. Atmosphere TV wants to help you cut costs on overpriced cable TV for your business and either replace it completely or partially if sports programming is essential at your locations. What Atmosphere TV provides are 100% free programming options with more than 50 channels of highly engaging and entertaining programming that is audio optional and guaranteed to please your customers and even increase their average ticket per visit. So here's how it works. Atmosphere hooks you up with an Apple TV HD receiver loaded with more than 50 channels of fully licensed, no cost to you, fun and lifestyle programming. These channels include Chive and Red Bull TV, bloopers, superhuman feats, and an array of viewing options that don't require sound to be enjoyed. And this offer is not just limited to restaurants or bars. No, any business with a TV screen in its waiting room can benefit from Atmosphere's free programming offer as well. So what are you waiting for? Cut the cord on overpriced cable and get Atmosphere TV with its 100% free, engaging, and entertaining programming options. Keep your guests happy while they wait to see you. 
Instead of watching the clock and their wait times, chiropractors, doctors, dentists, auto repair shops, anyone with TVs in your waiting rooms, jump onto this amazing offer today. And if you text the word FRANCHISE to 474747, Atmosphere will waive the $100 setup fee for the Apple TV HD receiver that they'll ship to you as well at no cost. Atmosphere TV, changing the way businesses view television. Find them online at atmosphere.tv and remember, text FRANCHISE to 474747 for the no-charge Apple receiver. Cut the cord and get rid of cable today with Atmosphere TV. Tony Zaccario began his professional career in Birmingham, Alabama with a lumber company, but it didn't take him long to determine that he wanted more from his career, and he's here to tell us all about it right now. Tony Zaccario, welcome to Franchise Today. Excited to be here, Stan. Well, I'm really happy to have you. As I learn more and more about you, this is a story that I'm anxious to hear. Number one, you're in a place where I used to live and used to love a lot. So we can catch up some on South Florida, which we began doing in the green room. But we can't go anywhere before we start as we need to every week. And that's to learn how franchising found you, Tony, and what you were doing when it did. You know, franchising found me in a very serendipitous way and and really kind of the stretch zone story of where I've, I've started my very short franchising career um, and where I'm still at today is, you know, stretch on itself was kind of created in a very organic and serendipitous way. But uh, um, really for me, you know, I'm still only 28, so still many more years ago. Started at University of Florida when I got out of school. First opportunity was running a startup timber company, believe it or not, actually in Birmingham, Alabama. And during that time, traveling back and forth to South Florida, my wife was down here, we're doing long distance. And it was about that time is when I stumbled across, who's now my partner and who's the founder of Stretch Zone, Jordan Gold. He was the first one to introduce me to Stretch Zone and, and Jordan to give you know, a little color to it. Jordan's the one who created our patented trapping system and stretching methodology and really was a pioneer in the stretching industry. And um, he had spent his life and dedicated it to kind of growing the movement of stretch and obviously making impacts in communities like he did with his grandfather when he first started. And so at the time I ran into him, he had a few locations, you know, he's first to admit, and this is the yin and yang with Jordan, business wasn't his forte. And but the one thing he had down pat was a stretch. And people love the stretch. It was making a huge impact in people's lives. And, and when I first found him, you know, I remember I remember him telling me about the stretch itself and telling me about the patent and strapping system and telling me about all the intellectual property around it. But what they needed was an operator. And so obviously, you know, going to a startup timber company, I always had that entrepreneurial spirit. And so for me, it said, hey, listen, let me let me hop on board. Never thought in a million years I'd ever be running a stretching company. But uh, you know, that's how life goes is recognizing the right opportunity. And so I decided to come on board. And for me, recognize the fact that you had something so unique, it, it made a true direct impact on people's lives. It wasn't a tough sell to different consumers and the consumer market as a whole. And ultimately, I just saw the growth potential. It's a very simplistic business model. I mean, when you think about it, we have a normal studio. We have a thousand square feet, five stretching tables. People come in, they lay on a comfortable table. We do all the work, you get all the benefits. And so when seeing that, I thought I could really make an impact within the organization. So I had to come on board. And that was at store number five back in 2016. And, and then it was around getting into franchising for the first little bit. What we did is we we honed in and, and 
and opened up a few corporate units and really tried to hone in the unit level economics of the business. And this is before we were considering franchising. And first, and with some franchisees and how people find their path to franchising, is we had a licensee model. And so we had a few licensees out there. And, and what we realized that we as kind of the, the organization, we knew how to run our locations really well because we were giving more than just licensing the service, which for us was the stretch. We figured out how to, to run the operations, how to market it, how to price it, how to scale it appropriately. And that's when we started looking and Jordan and I started looking at different avenues of, hey, what's an avenue or, or, or kind of a, a, a way in which we can gain more control over the actual operations and the client experience ultimately across the board without obviously being too capital intensive to where we're opening our own stores as a corporate. And that's really where we dabbled in franchising. And it first started where we said, hey, to our licensees at the time, which were less than a handful, was saying, hey, you know, we want you guys transferring to franchisees in return. You get this support, you get these services. And, and lo and behold, they love to do it. And, they, and they're all about it. And they, they switched over to being franchisees in 2017 when we started franchising. And from then until now, it's been five years of franchising. And uh, as of a few weeks ago, we opened up store number 200, already well on our way to 300 open. So it's been an incredible journey. All right. So before we delve into more about the franchise journey, I'd like to step backward a little further and talk more about mm-hmm. Jordan and when this all began, which was way back in the 90s, right? Yeah. So he started and in, in the whole story with kind of the, the pop-up stories we like to call it. Jordan was a personal trainer working down in South Florida and pop-up had diabetes and was pretty much bedridden and pop-up being his grandfather. And so where Stretch Home was born was really Jordan wanted to spend more time with his grandfather. And what he learned is when working with his grandfather, who was limited in range of motion, limited mobility, is that he necessarily couldn't do the same stretches that he could with his normal clientele. And so he would start implementing the use of straps, whether it be a belt or whatever he had, to help isolate certain muscle groups and just give a more efficient stretch that had better results, ultimately for Pop-Pop. And so as the story goes, it, you know he worked with Pop-Pop and quite frankly, he did it just to spend time with his grandfather. And that's kind of the best part about Stretch Zone is that it comes from such a soulful place to where really we truly believe that we're trying to make the world a better place one stretch at a time or the world in motion one stretch at a time. And but so the whole story goes is Jordan started working with his grandfather, started working with the methodology and working to develop the stretches that we utilize today and have perfected today. And his grandfather went from being bedridden to walking with obviously a walker, then a cane to dancing at his cousin's wedding. And it's when the idea of stretching was born. And so Jordan kind of went away from personal training and that whole component. And, and starting then in 1999, decided that he was just solely going to focus on stretching. And so he started with one-off clientele, so celebrities, athletes, whoever it might be, kind of realized that he wasn't reaching the masses, which is what the whole intention was when he worked with his grandfather. It wasn't necessarily about climbing the pyramid for the upper echelon society, but he wanted to figure out how could he develop a method, business model, whatever it might be, so that he could have and make the same difference for everyone's grandfather, not just his own. That's where Stretchon was born itself. And then he went ahead and got this proprietary process patented? So he got the strapping system itself patented, and then the methodology surrounds the, the strapping system itself. So so when Jordan first started back in 1999 from pretty much until 2012, he was really working with these one-off clientele and athletes. And around 2012, he had a burn-the-boats-type moment where he said, listen, I got to try to reach the mass. First thing he did was went the educational route. And so he started certifying certain people and kind of figuring ways to how he could effectively train it the masses and train a bunch of people at once. And so during that process, he got the strapping system that we use patented. Essentially, nobody can do what we do. And then the methodology around it, 
he got that nationally recognized. So one of the differentiators for us and been a big tribute to all of our growth is we're the only nationally recognized stretch training program, meaning that essentially it's helped out a ton with our franchise owner as far as mitigating liability insurance, help scalability, and helps making fine staff that much easier. So that's what Jordan put into place. And then where he started the storefront model was back in 2015. So in 2015 is when he started doing the idea of saying, hey, instead of doing a licensing deal or, or having a table inside of a chiropractor office or inside of a doctor's office, he said, I really think this should be more of just a retail storefront. And so that's when he had about the four or five locations, which is when I met him, then the rest is history. This is an amazing story. And there's an old adage that says, when the student is ready, the teacher right. appears. And he was doing the fundamentals of proof of concept where you begin a franchise. You should know that your concept has merit. Most all franchisors have trademarks that they register, but that's not the same as getting a patent on your process. So that's pretty strong. And then going out and beginning with four or so, maybe five stores, even licensed or otherwise, and before you begin franchising, it's just all the responsible things that more people should do before they begin franchising their concepts or their businesses. Yeah, and it's really crazy to look back because it's, like I said, it's serendipitous and organic, and Jordan did do the proof of concept, and that's the one thing I recognize my journey to franchising is I'm a big systems operator, and so when I look at saying, hey, the, the product is bar none, right? There's 15 years of product development at the time when I came on board. Everything's buttoned up. You can figure out sales processes. You can figure out operating procedures, but what, you, what often you can't do is if you, don't, if you don't have a good product or service, then often you're dead in the water. And, and so when I saw that, it was paramount to my decision coming on board. And, and then secondly, is exactly what you said, before we even started franchising, we just understood that if we can get these business and, and refine a business model to where it's profitable in almost all different scenarios, shapes and sizes, and really take the guesswork out of it, then we can have a good scalable model, regardless of whether we franchise or not. And that was our whole MO. And it obviously has worked out phenomenally well. And I think that's a big reason also why there are so many synergies between just our organic growth as an organization and entering into the franchising world. So at the ripe old age of 28 years old, you're CEO of a franchise organization with 200 units on its way to 300. Where did you reach for the depth of experience needed to learn how to scale a business and how to grow a franchise business and do it properly? Listening, I think, is a big one. And, you know, the old adage is know what you don't know. I think just with anything, and really a testament to the team that I have around me. And I think the crazier stat, and we didn't even talk about this beforehand, Stan, but, you know, the average age of our whole organization is 32, which is mind boggling to think about. A lot of people get, give questions about that. But I think it goes to show one of our mantras you never confuse effort with results. And, and, you know, age is very much so just a number. And I've learned that a lot in my very short career on, on both ends of the spectrum. I think it's more so people that are humble enough to go ahead and accountable enough, more importantly, to say, hey, I need to hold myself to a higher regard and also need to be able to call a spade a spade when I mess up. I need to admit when I mess up. And if I don't know, I need to go find out someone that does. And it's also being gracious enough on yourself and your team to understand that people are going to make mistakes. So you got to allow people to try to make the decisions themselves and think for themselves and kind of this decentralized form of leadership. But I don't even think about the age most of the time. I really just try to get to this point to where and part of the growth process has always been listening to franchisees and franchise 
surprising coming in and to the industry and Stan, you and I talked about this briefly, it's coming into the industry with fresh eyes, I think was a real help. You know, there, there are no bad habits. There's no biases in walking into a new industry. And I remember when I first started looking into franchising with Jordan and the franchise process, to me, it was, it was very, very simple in the sense of, listen, you're successful as a franchisor and the franchisees are successful first and foremost, period, end of story. And that's it. And then secondly, then yes, obviously the franchisees, you get to scale, they're successful when the brand is successful. And you work off those synergies and it truly is a win-win situation. It should be a win-win situation. And I've always stayed true to that. And we always have a franchisee first culture here. And I think when you set the proper culture within an organization, not just myself make decisions and, and make the proper steps or strategic moves based on the, the culture, understanding that it's a franchisee first mentality. But when that gets ingrained into the organization, then all the leaders within the said organization, albeit still young at 31, 32, 29, whatever it is, is they're making decisions on their own and having autonomy to make decisions with the understanding that this decision needs to have the intention of the franchisee first. And I think that's a big piece to why we've been able to grow so quickly and more importantly, be able to do so without a single store failure. And at this rate, opening two, three stores a week with increases in system performance as a whole. So, so really, I think it's a testament more to the team and the franchisees around us. Well, you know, the age part to me, I don't reference that as being a negative in any way at all. What I suggest, though, is, is that most CEOs that sit down and have conversations with me have been at this game a long, mm -hmm. long time and have learned what to do by the mistakes they've made and the things that they know never to do again that they've already done elsewhere. So it's a testament to you that you come out of nowhere for the first time entering franchising from the lumber business right out of college and with right. no practical experience more than you had have been able to accomplish what you've done. I call on your age as an amazing thing, not something that you haven't earned a stripe yet. I'm not saying that either for you, Stan. I think it's, I'm just saying in general, I, I know I, it's something in the industry and I think a large part in your, you and what you do, I told you before helping the call, you know, I, I've been listening to you for a while. And for me, it's when you enter franchise or anything new, it's know what you don't know, which is when you're first entering mm -hmm. is so you, you know nothing. And when you have these kind of avenues where your podcast, Ryan Hicks, I've talked to him a lot. And in the, in the information age, it's so easy to find anything you really want if you put your mind to it. And so it's listening to other leaders in the industry for so long, like yourself, and it's easy to listen to the mistakes that they made. And I'm, I'm always big on, you know, you should never be and the people I, I try to mentor now, a lot of youth that are coming to franchising, is this question is like, who do you listen to the most? And I always tell them, it's like, listen to everyone because everyone has a unique perspective and everyone has a different experience or a different story. And, and you shouldn't be dogmatic necessarily about one person or the other as far as their success because there's a bunch of different ways to find success. But I think there's value, even every, every podcast you do, every episode I've listened to so far, there's always at least one nugget of information that you can take with you that makes you go, oh, that's a pretty good idea. You know, let me put that in the toolbox. Let me think about that or how can I supply the organization? So I, I think it's just been helpful to have an industry to where everyone is open to sharing their own experience and been a big help. So a large part, thanks to you, Stan. <laughs> well, it's very nice of you to say and, and much appreciated. I'm glad at least there's one person out there who's got some <laughs> take-home value. <laughs>
delivered via franchise today. Tell you what, let's do, Tony. We're at yeah. a place where we need to take a break, pay some bills. And when we come back, I want to dive more deeply into some of those other people around you that you've put around you and how you've managed to get contracts awarded from major organizations like the NFL and the PGA and even attract the attention of a guy like Drew Brees, who's made a commitment and an investment in your business and brand, along with others that he's been involved with over the past many years in franchising. Let's take that quick break and come back and unpack the rest of that story. My guest today, Tony Zaccario, CEO of Stretch Zone, and we'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zorforum, a somewhat similar type of executive group, but this one comes with a twist. Zorforum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zorforum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zorforum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zorforum. Learn more at Zorforum.com. That's www.Zorforum.com. And my conversation today continues with Stretched Zone CEO, Tony Zaccario, who, again, we were talking coming up to the break about the amazing accomplishments of a young 28-year-old who is heading his very first franchise company and has managed to bring this organization in the space of a few short years from five licensed units to 200 open and operating, no failures, and a great many more in queue to open by when, Tony? What's the target for that next 100 stores? So, so right now we're looking to hit, actually, we'll probably do 300 by June of next year, so 100 in a calendar year. So growing pretty quick, Sam. And what are you doing to assure that you're adding enough support and having your hiring in advance of the need to be able to support all those units? Getting them open is hard enough. Keeping them open and successful harder still. Yeah, yeah, just in general, we've been growing the same. We, we've always tried to stay, especially on the support side, overstaffed and probably a little fat when it comes to the support staff themselves. Because the biggest thing is in an organization, being a franchisee first culture, is that I never want a call to go unanswered. I never want a, a help ticket request to go unanswered within, obviously, a few hours. And so that being said, for us, it's just making sure there's not, not too many chiefs, per se, and more support staff, which is what matters to the franchisees, is the people that can move the needle and help move the needle for the franchisees at the ground level and more importantly answer the calls whenever whenever they do call. So that's kind of been the name of the game. And then honestly, it's setting the proper structure in place to where you have the proper avenues to be able to listen appropriately or effectively to the franchisees. And that's why we created our Franchise Advisory Council early on. We lean on them a ton and we funnel a lot of communication and we talk with them actually semi-monthly, but we utilize them and lean on them to bounce ideas off of different initiatives that we might be rolling out. And more importantly, they're on the front line. They're hearing firsthand from every single franchisee about certain campaigns that might not hit that we thought they would or 
or certain issues that they might be having. So I think is, as we've been able to grow, it's A, listening to the franchisees, listening to the system, and making sure that we have an adequate team ready to answer any call, no matter how big or small it might be. How did you secure the contracts that you did with the PGA and the NFL? And was that prior to you getting there? Was that part of Jordan? Yeah. Prior world? Or was no, that you? with regards to NFL and obviously Drew, which I know is something you were referenced before the break, that was all post and that was recent. PGA, Jordan had set up a PGA National for the longest time. Jordan, VL, his different clientele was able to pull a lot of strings in his early days, kind of one off, bring a table wherever he needed to go. And that was great, obviously, in the proof of concept days. It was a huge help because really the, the challenge for us early on was educating the market. We were the first. We we're the first ever to do a stretching concept. When we first started, people didn't know what stretching was, let alone what stretch zone was. And to this day, that's why we still offer the first stretches free. And, and a lot of people coming in the industry think we're crazy for it, but we understand the value of, of not just educating the consumer. We also understand the value of saying, hey, talk is cheap. We do know that you will feel a difference when you get off the table the first time you get stretched. And so don't take our word for it. Try it for yourself. And so that is why we still offer first free stretch for anyone across the country and, and will, but Jordan was able to kind of get into a lot of these places because he would offer his services at first, maybe a golf pro or whatever it might be, and that opened a lot of doors. And the Drew is a little bit of a different story, but Jordan early on just kind of hustled and they got some of these contracts, and obviously Drew came later on. So Drew now is a multi-unit franchisee and a member of your board. Are there others on your board that are notable, not so much for their fame, but perhaps for their experience in franchising? Drew is someone who probably is the most experienced in franchising and probably being like an inside director. And ultimately, Drew has been such a help to the organization with regards to not just franchise knowledge, but business knowledge. So he's opened up his ninth location. Uh, he's in Chicago. He's in uh, Indy near Purdue, near here, his college home, and obviously in New Orleans where he's had a huge impact. And first thing I would say about Drew is he's just top-notch character and top class. And it was surprising. And I, I never knew how involved he was with franchising as a whole. And he's a believer in the franchising industry. And so we have him on the board. We have myself as inside director. Jordan, a lady named Helen Martin, who owns got almost 20 locations, either owns or manages or part owner within Stretch Zone. And then we have one outside director, Mark Auerbach. And when we were trying to balance out the board, Jordan and I were pretty focused on making sure we had input from all different directions. And I've been fortunate to make a lot of connections in the franchise industry early on just through networking. And so there's a lot of times where I might call other people in the industry. And sometimes it might even be part of a competitor just to find out and get their take on a certain piece. And so Drew does give that franchise franchising knowledge as well. Helen obviously gives some value from being a franchisee herself, and she is kind of the voice of the franchisees as head of the FAC. And, and having a guy like Mark Auerbach, older gentleman who's been around business and, and all different things, pharmaceutical, finance, banking. And so for him, it's good to still have that out, that true outside perspective into a business, even though it's franchise. So that's kind of how, what we were focused on when we were setting up the board. And when you got in and you started to build this thing out as a franchise, did you retain outside help or counsel or how did you know how to go about scaling this via franchising as new as you were to it? We actually didn't have any counsel or, or outside help, which honestly, we probably could have avoided a lot of mistakes. We did have the outside help. I think the big focus in when people ask, you know, hey, what's the one thing you would kind of attribute the success to or the growth or, and it truly is boils down to, you know, putting the franchisees first and focusing on unit level economics. Because what, what people don't realize is that when you're first bringing on franchisees, and I didn't realize this until after the fact is what you're creating is what they're called is early adopters. And everyone knows that term in franchising and I've learned it, but, but really and practically what they become are validators. 
Because the strongest thing for any franchise sales process, which I've learned, is you, know, you can have the, the bells and whistles and all the shiny toys and this and that in the office for Discovery Day and the, and the, the internal staff. But ultimately, it's when a new prospect comes in, they're going to call their franchisees. And you want them to call their franchisees. You want them to hear about the experience because, hey, as much as they need to be a good fit for us, is we need to be a good fit for them. And they need to understand what that relationship is like, what the experience is like of being a franchise owner for Stretch Zone. And so what would never really hit me, and I understand it now, but for emerging franchisors that are out there, it's, it's when you first get franchisees, it's when you focus on that unilevel economics and the franchisees are successful, you have happy franchisees. And when I say successful, it's when they're financially successful and, the, and their bottom line's working. And then truly the relationship is synergistic, completely mutual. And when I say it, it sounds so simple, but there's different components of franchising where you got to be mindful. And people say, well, yeah, of course we're focused on the unilevel economics, but it's also incentivizing those franchisees who are finding success to also grow because as a franchisor, I'd rather have 100 franchisees with 10 units rather than 1,000 with one. For us, that just makes sense. It makes it simple. It's easier to kind of create some economies of scale. And so with that, a way that we can incentivize growth is A, focusing on their bottom line and keeping them in mind when making certain decisions about the brand or about the organization. But I also want to keep their costs as low as possible when opening up a new store. And Stan, one of the things, and I'd even love to hear your take on this, the rebate conversation. When I first took the reins, I thought it was shocking how many different franchisors try to take a rebate here or cut here or cut there. And as far as infinite thinking goes rather than finite thinking is I said to myself and I told Jordan, I said, Jordan, we, we can't go down this path. I said, it might hurt in the short term because, hey, we could charge a 10% rebate on furniture or we could charge a 10% rebate on tables or whatever it might be. But ultimately, it's if we keep these costs low and the franchisees are successful, then we don't even really have to sell. They're going to grow it themselves and they're going to come back to us and say, hey, I want more units here. I want more units there. And fortunate for us, that's what's happened. And so we've, we've kept it a very tight-knit organization. But I think ultimately, when you, when you keep the franchisee first, that will really kind of pay dividends aside from, I'm going wrong, a mentor or consultation would have helped early on. But I think that's really what's kind of made the difference. Well, I'm not a big fan of overreaching or overclawing into rebates or added revenue lines, but maybe have the opportunity in relationships that the franchisor manages to recapture some of the time and some of the, the critical mass that the franchise franchisor has established for the franchisees has taken mm -hmm. time to create. So perhaps that's a give back or it's a rebate back for time and for management and for expertise. Frivolously right. though, I think that's greed and there's no room for that, nor should there be. The franchisor is not doing anything to contribute to that relationship and is just clawing out percentage that probably wouldn't be something I would feel real good about. The other thing I want to ask, yeah. I mentioned it on the front end before we took the break, I said that I heard you make reference to a Stephen Covey quote two times when we were talking earlier, win-win or no transaction. Any other books, business books, franchising books that you would recommend to the audience? You know, probably the, the most impactful book to date was actually a book called Legacy by James Kerr. I don't know if you read that one. I don't know that book, but I'm going to make note of it. So what it is, it's essentially, I'm going to give the brief, I'm not going to ruin the book at all, but the guy studies, have you ever heard of the sports team, the rugby team, the All Black in New Zealand, the most winningest sports team in mm -hmm. history, right? So this guy, James Kerr, kind of studied the history and spent a lot of time around them to figure out saying they have one of the smallest population densities in the entire world. What attributes to such a long heritage of winning success by what they determined to be success and, and really it boiled down to the culture and the leadership styles. And it was remarkable how applicable it was to just kind of regular life. And I take a lot of leadership notes from, from actually that book. And so for those that are, that are new leaders, new to 
leadership as a whole, not just franchising. I think that's a, that's a big piece and that, that book is super helpful. Great, great stuff. Thanks for sharing. So in terms of a potential franchisee, what is it you're looking for? What does a franchisee bring with them that's paramount for you to know that they come in the door with it? Hey, we want people who, and we kind of lean on our core value. We want people who are passionate, not just about obviously brand and service, but also passionate about helping their communities and making an impact in their communities. People who are selfless in that regard. And most importantly, we want good people. We want good people that want to run a clean, honorable business. And when coming into us, it's not about a checkbook. And I think a big differentiator for us, there's so much green pasture out there. To see the way these stores have, these units have performed in some of these secondary tertiary markets out there has been remarkable and give you some perspective. I know you know the Southeast, one of our top performing stores and actually set revenue records at the time was Ocala, Florida of all places and nothing against Ocala, Florida. But when you have stores in Manhattan, Manhattan, Aspen, California, South Florida, and to have a store in Ocala set revenue records, A, it's a testament to the mantra and franchising, which I'm a firm, firm believer in. I've heard on so many different podcasts when I first got into franchising, but it's so true. Listen, I could take the, the best franchisee, the best operator, and put them in the worst demographic, and they'd still be successful. And I could take the most challenging franchisee and put them in the most successful demographics, and they'd still struggle. So that's a big lesson I've learned. And, and so when we're vetting franchisees, we're looking for character more importantly than anything, because ultimately for, for us, Stan, we try to keep a very simplistic business model. It's we have a playbook that works. We have something that just needs executed. I don't need you to rethink the wheel. I just need you to buy into the system. And if you buy into the system, then yes, you can find some success that, that many and all of our franchisees and have found. And that's why we're, we are where we are. So I think it's looking for that buying and just looking for good top-notch people. And, and that's it. And that's most important. You made mention of purpose-driven people. What about the nonprofit side of your business? Do you have a 501c3 component? I'm going to guess you do. We started our Give Zone, which is a charitable arm to the organization. So, and Because what we found is that a lot of our franchisees, they want to give back to the communities. And so when they come in, the, the service that we have is very purposeful, and obviously because of the difference it makes in people's lives. And so we realized and said, hey, listen, what if we create an umbrella organization that all of our franchisees can take part in, which is called Give Zone? Whether we work on national campaigns or local campaigns where people are just trying to either donate time, donate money, or even donate stretches to their community or help out any way they can, they do it under the umbrella of Give Zone. And, and Drew has been a big part of that, a big help. And we have some exciting stuff coming down the pipeline. Give Zone is going to be part of an initiative up in Indianapolis help out the Light for Levi and, and partner up with Light for Levi. And that's actually probably the organization and one of the pieces of business that Jordan and I are most excited about because uh, another quote is obviously help others get to where they want to be in life and in turn get to where you want to be in life. I think you can do that through something through, through Give Zone and it's obviously much more impactful than any business is being able to give back to the communities that have been so gracious to us. We are circling the last turn here. Tony, what's something that the audience might be surprised to learn about you? Oh man, normally it's my age that I can throw out there. I'll give an interesting one. My degree from University of Florida, Go Gators, is actually, I only hold a degree in psychology. So that's normally a surprising fact for people. So all business was learned, learned, learned the hard way through experience. Well, psych is not a bad degree to have when you're getting into business and certainly in the franchising no. business. Tony, is there anything that you wish I'd have asked and I didn't? No, Stan, I think I covered a lot in this, in this little segment. 
for me, it's, it's making more connections in the franchising industry and learning more from obviously the legends and veterans like yourself. And I know you're a big Buffalo wing or a wing guy. And so right now written on my desk are the, the recommendations you gave me. And so I guess I'm probably most <laughs> excited about visiting some of those spots and, and giving you my feedback then maybe on our next interview. Fair and equitable. We can do that. What about contact <laughs> info for those that are going to want to learn more? Yeah, I think the best way to learn more about the organization and more importantly, for those that want to take us up on our offer of first free stretch is head to stretch zone.com look for a location nearest you and go to location try it out for yourself and don't take my word for it and more importantly if you want to get in touch with me i think linkedin connection is through the website or learn more about the story everything should be on there and for anyone that's listening that is a stretch on client obviously appreciate your support i look forward to seeing you in one location it's quite an inspiring story tony and i look forward to tracking along with you as you head to 300 and north of that you've been listening to tony zuccario stretch zone ceo thank you so much for joining us today on Franchise Today. Thanks, Dan. Well, that's a wrap. Next week, we're joined by Grand Welcome CEO Brendan Ezra when we return to do it all again. Until then, I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.